today we are continuing with our message series called Mindfulness. And what we want to do with these messages is to be really helpful in equipping you uh, to manage your mind space in a healthy way during this COVID-19 pandemic. And our message today uh, is all about how to come back from a setback. How we get over setbacks is a really key skill in life. Now, I'd like to open my message by showing you an object. I've asked our camera teams to zoom in a little bit so that you can see in our live feed what I have in my hand. This is a shock absorber from a radio-controlled car. Now, I thought about bringing in the, a full-size shock absorber from a real car to show you, uh, but they are really expensive and also they're really heavy. Now, a shock absorber, as you can see, has got kind of two main elements to it. Uh, there's a spring around the outside, and then there's this hydraulic tube uh, that compresses in the middle. And this part on a car does exactly what it says. It absorbs shocks. All full-size road-going cars have these over each wheel, and they do an incredibly valuable job. They help the wheels of the car stick to the road and not go bouncing all over the place. In fact, we are so used to this technology in our cars that we don't even take any notice of it anymore, and we don't realize that they are there. So I thought it might help you to see a little video clip of what happens when your shock absorbers stop working. Thanks, Adam. So as you could see there, Making a journey becomes really difficult and unsafe when your shock absorbers stop absorbing shocks. We need shock absorbers uh, to help us have a safe car journey. Uh, and so how can we build like kind of spiritual shock absorbers so that when we hit those potholes along, along the road of life, we are not bouncing all over the place and completely out of control? Now, I believe uh, that the story uh, that we heard that Yasmin and Rivi read for us of David at Ziklag can teach us three incredibly helpful truths. Uh, and these will come up on the screen for you. Number one, express your feelings. Number two, connect with God. And number three, reach some decisions. So number one, express your feelings. Two, connect with God. And three, reach some decisions. Um, let's look at the first one of those, which is to express your feelings. I don't know if you've ever cried so much that you've got no strength left at all, but this is exactly what David and his men did. Uh, in verses 3 and 4 there, it says this, when David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Their enemies, the Amalekites, have raided their town, set it on fire, and carted everyone and everything off as plunder. And it's wives, children, possessions, livestock, the lot. It's all gone. It would be hard to imagine a bigger shock. It's a huge setback uh, to David and his men. Now note this, particularly men and people of British ancestry who think it's best never to show their feelings. Feelings are expressed by David and his men. I can't even begin to imagine all my family taken away and the whole of Birmingham looted. You know, I remember once being quite shocked when I had my car broken into and my music stolen. But in the big scale of things, that's, and by comparison with this event, it's hardly the biggest setback in history, is it? Without a doubt, this year we've encountered 
setback after setback. But it is okay to express our feelings. I, in fact, I believe it is right and appropriate and healthy to express our feelings. And we, we only have to look uh, briefly through social media at the moment to see people expressing all kinds of feelings. Uh, and they're coming from all kinds of people going through all sorts of different setbacks. I noticed on Twitter just on Friday, a single dad of twins posted this. I'm not okay. Feeling rock bottom. Please take a few seconds to say hello if you see this tweet. Thank you. And what was really heartening was that over 130,000 people had clicked the heart icon on his post to communicate that they cared. And nearly 50,000 people put nice comments on his feed and just shared the things that keep them positive and cheerful in the hope of cheering him up a bit. For some of us, feelings are rather frightening things, aren't they? Because we can feel so out of control and, and like when we're right in the middle of things, it feels chaotic. And others of us want to make sure uh, that we don't pay too much attention to how we feel because we kind of instinctively feel that if we did, it would feel like rupturing a dam and an uncontrollable flow of feelings would just calm and never cease. So how do we handle feelings in a way that helps us to come back from a setback? You know, it's such a hard question to answer because different events impact people in different ways and we all have different characters and there are also loads of different feelings as well but the best wisdom I can give us is to acknowledge our feelings but to live our day-to-day -day lives from our commitments and our decisions acknowledge your feelings but live your life day-to-day -day from your decisions and your commitments now our feelings do tell us really important things like how lonely or angry or happy or worried we might be and actually Jesus experienced all sorts of feelings as well. You know, he, he experienced compassion and sorrow and joy and frustration, indignation, anger. He had lots and lots of feelings just like us. I would say feelings are a bit like the weather. Uh, they can be a good indicator of the condition we're in but our feelings should not rule us. People who are ruled by their feelings uh, will find life very haphazard and uncertain. And the difficulty with feelings too is that they can pass just like the weather and, and then other different feelings come along uh, really quickly after that. With feelings, by all means, express them to the right people and at the right times, but keep mindful that they do pass. And after all, have you spotted that David and his men did not spend the rest of today's Bible passage crying, did they? If you don't have anyone to express your feelings uh, about your setbacks to at the moment, then do you know what? That is what church is all about. We want to hear you out, we want to pray with you, and we want to help you make sense of things. You know, our pastoral team would love to hear from you. Uh, email into us at admin at bcc.life uh, and tell us your situation. Number one, express your feelings. Number two, connect with God. Um, after you've expressed your feelings, or perhaps even while you're expressing your feelings, it is time to connect with God. Uh, it says in uh, verse 6 there, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord, uh, his God. If there is one message you take away from today that will get you through se uh, setbacks with healthy shock absorbing, it is this. Connect with God. Now David's ability to do this has, is kind of like the hinge moment in this story, isn't it? You know, things could have really bounced all over the place had he not done this and had he not sought God out to help him out. And actually God helps him absorb his shock 
and regain some of his strength. And if he hadn't done that, all sorts of damage might have resulted. For those of you who have been to our building here at BCC, we've got some grey sofas just outside the doors to our auditorium at the back there. And we've all sat there, haven't we, at one time or another, either comforting someone or being comforted. Or, or maybe you uh, haven't sat there yourself, but you've seen other people sitting there, and you know that they're being uh, comforted. And when someone offers you some comfort, they often sit beside you, don't they? Jesus said in John 14:16 that he would ask God to give us another helper to help us and be with us forever. And the word he used there means a person who is called to the side of another person. And Jesus is talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, who is a person who is called to be alongside us. And knowing that is a huge source of strength and comfort for us all. In fact, Pentecostal Christians are at a huge advantage when it comes to coming back from setbacks because we are able to call on the Holy Spirit to be our comforter. You know what, here's my best counsel for connecting with God to help you gain strength after a setback. Literally ask the Holy Spirit to come and be your comforter and then wait three minutes. All the times I've tried this, it's worked. I pray a prayer like, Holy Spirit, please come and be my comforter right now. And then I wait. And it's amazing how my feelings change after I do this. So if you've ever hit a massive pothole in the road of your life, one of the most powerful shock-absorbing mechanisms you can put into action is to ask for comfort from the Holy Spirit. Put an amen on our feed if you agree with that, church. In the middle of your setback, I want you to imagine you are sitting there on the grey sofas at the back of BCC, and right next to you is the wonderful person of the Holy Spirit. And he's putting his arm around your shoulder. He's telling you you've got this. He's bringing heavenly strength right to you. He's right beside you, and you know you are not on your own. I think this is especially important to practice and grow this ability right now in this season. You know, maybe something God is teaching us in the pandemic is how each of us can connect with the Holy Spirit for ourselves and draw down his strength and comfort directly and individually. Now, however David did it back in that story, and we know from other parts of scripture that he worshipped and he danced and he played music and he wrote psalms and he prayed. He managed to connect with God and he gained strength from that connection. We definitely all need to grow this ability for ourselves too, don't we church? Now in your setbacks, ask the Holy Spirit to come and be your comfort and your strength and then wait on him. And of course, it is right and proper and good to give and receive comfort via our friends at church. You know, why not call someone today and see how they are? Uh, and let me say this again. We don't want you facing setbacks all by yourself. You can ask for help from, from people as well as from the Holy Spirit. And our pastoral team would be delighted to connect you with somebody uh, or to hear your situation. Number three, reach some decisions. So number one, express your feelings. Number two, connect with God. Number three, reach some decisions. After you, after you have expressed your feelings and connected with God, a setback does need to lead to some decision making. And often a setback will bring a change of circumstances, doesn't it? Uh, and if we don't adapt to those changes and we carry on trying to live as though the setback had never happened, we're in a kind of form of denial and, and that can be dangerous. 
Just imagine for a moment if uh, BCC hadn't reached some uh, decisions as a church to respond to the setbacks of this season. We might have tried to carry a meeting together. But then people might have got sick with COVID-19 because we'd stuck our heads in the sand. Or if perhaps we decided not to invest uh, time and energy and technology into bringing you our services online, then you would have nothing to help you or serve you or connect you in this time. There's a scene in a very famous story called Great Expectations uh, by a writer called Charles Dickens. And it gives us a perfect picture of this problem. There's this young lady in the story, and she's called Miss Havisham, and she's due to get married. But on her wedding day, she is jilted at the altar by the young man that she was supposed to marry. And it's an awful setback. It's tragic. But her response to this setback is to become completely defined by it. She becomes a recluse. Everything in her house goes to rack and ruin. She draws the curtains. She doesn't let in any daylight. The place becomes all dusty. Uh, She leaves all the clocks stopped at the time of the morning that the trauma took place, 20 to 9. Her life gets held ransom to a setback. Now, had she been a real person and connected to church, in reality, guess what? She would have needed to express her feelings then connect with God, and then reach some decisions to start meeting someone worthy of her affection. The reality is, if we suffer a setback, we must express our feelings and we must connect with God, and then we're very often called to reach some decisions. The key thing is that we must not let life setbacks hold us to ransom. Just as we mustn't allow a setback to define us more than Jesus defines us. Also, don't make the assumption that you can't reach a good decision because you've suffered a setback. In fact, uh, we can often make some really good decisions after a setback that can put us back on track. Um, Or to go back to the uh, shock absorber illustration, they can keep our wheels firmly on the road with good decisions. In today's Bible passage, David makes some good decisions. And what is particularly strong about how he does this is he asks God to help him with the decisions he is considering. He asks the priest, Abiathar, to bring him something called the ephod. The ephod was a priestly garment that represented the presence and the power of God. And with the ephod to hand, David prays about his decision to go after the Amalekites. And he gets both an answer and he gets help to recover everything that was taken. And I want you to be encouraged by this story. The decisions David is able to make after expressing his feelings and connecting with God completely salvage the situation and turn the whole setback right around. So how can we make good decisions after a setback? Well, I would say get some help from God and get some help from people you trust who have a good track record. Abiathar was in a role like a pastor. He was there to help David hear from God. And one of the great strengths of church is you get, you get access to the wisdom of God. And you get access to the wisdom of experienced Christians. Uh, let me give you a quick illustration of this. Uh, one of our camera crew, Tolu, uh, he's actually just on this camera here. Um, he made a great decision after the summer. In fact, I think he's just running over so that we can see him. Great stuff. Great to see you, Tolu. Now, he, he made a great deci- decision in the summer. He lost his job. Uh, but then he decided to talk about it. Uh, And he asked for prayer. And then we all prayed. And you got a new job, didn't you, Tolu? Come on. Brilliant. So don't leave God out of decisions you need to be making after a setback. Go to wise people who have a good track record in making good decisions. And we can all see the fruit of good decision making in someone's life. So number one, express your feelings. Number two, connect with God. And number three, 
reach some decisions. Do not be paralyzed into inactivity by your setback. I'm going to ask our worship team to come back up onto the platform and to get ready to play as we begin to close out my brief message today. I really hope that those three things are helpful and practical for you. It is fine to express your feelings. Um, it is fine to, and absolutely right and proper to connect with God. Um, and it's right to make some decisions. But I've got one more takeaway for you from today's Bible story. And this helps us to shock absorb life's potholes and setbacks even better. And it's this. Hunt for the silver lining. In every setback we face, there is some kind of silver lining, however small it might be. Now, silver lining, uh, for those of you where English is not your first language, it refers to the bright edge you can see around a cloud when the sun is hidden behind it. So we might not be in sunshine during a setback, but there is nearly always some kind of silver lining to the thing that we're going through. Now, we may not find it at the time, but setbacks often produce unexpected opportunities. And the Ziklag experience led David to create a statute that set out fair terms for his people from that point forward. My good buddy, uh, Mark Lyndon-Jones, who leads Elim's men's ministry in the UK, uh, he also leads a church in South Wales. And he was telling me the other day uh, that since he has been forced to uh, go online, like so many churches, he's actually had 100,000 views of his services. And he's connected with all sorts of new people in ways that would never have happened before the pandemic. In fact, all of us have learned to connect a bit more with technology, haven't we? Maybe in ways we hadn't really wanted to. In your setback, hunt for the silver lining. You know, you may have lost your job like Tolu, but you might end up with a better one. You may have gone through hospital with COVID-19 and come out the other side, but maybe your whole attitude to the NHS has been transformed. You may have had to address a really difficult situation, but now you have new skills that you didn't have before. Setbacks are not necessarily 100% negative things. And in many cases, they lead us to making things better. David expressed his feelings, connected with God, reached some decisions, and there was a silver lining in it for the people of Israel in the long run. Kevin, would you lead us in worship?